Magic Harmony. Welcome to Wild Magic Harmony. Join us each month as we explore divine feminine soul tending and goddess-centered self-care for your whole being with Bee Priestess hosts, Melissa Belliard and Deborah Faye D'Onofrio. You'll hear intriguing conversations, inspirational interviews, humor, live intuitive readings, ritual and meditations, bringing you real-time healing, transformation, and well-being. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two with Mild Magic Harmony with your bee priestesses, Melissa Belliard and Deborah Fay is here. Deborah Fay in the house. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about all things bees. So we're going to really get into an ongoing exploration. This will be a first of many, I'm sure, into things like bee priestesshood bees and all the related topics that go along with that. So welcome to the hive. We're excited to be circling with you today. And please settle in and join us for what's sure to be a fun and interesting episode. And welcome everyone as uh, is our way. Um, we're going to open sacred space with a little meditation um, to create sacred ground from which everything that we do um, is anchored in. So uh, we invite you to sit back and close your eyes and take a, a, a few deep breaths at your own pace. Just giving yourself some, giving yourself permission to embody this place and this space to center in and begin to transition from whatever it is you might have been doing or wherever your thoughts or body might have been and, and just coming fully into this place with us and with bees, with the sacred opportunity we have to sit and share together, just breathing and letting go and enjoying just the act of breathing, which can be such an agent of healing and relaxation and self-care. Just welcoming in this opportunity for this tribe to come together again for another episode. Feeling that community space starting to build and feeling the power of the circle build. And if you like, you might imagine a circle of women sitting together and just feeling the kinship and the sisterhood there that you're a member of today. And maybe you might imagine having your bare feet placed on the ground, soaking up the earth's energy. And at the same time, maybe experiencing them rooting down into the earth and feeling that sense of gravity and love that Gaia has for each of us. and welcoming that and just rooting down into the center of the earth and maybe feeling a wonderful warm energy that 
is her response to you? Feeling that fill your body and moving out the top of your head up into the ethers or the heavens above you. Balancing each of your chakras with that wonderful, deep Gaia energy. And then down from the stars comes a brilliant crystalline white light that enters the top of your head, the crown chakra, and fills all the cells within your body, releasing tension, bringing in pure light of a healing nature, and then letting that fill you and move through you, through your torso, your legs, and down and out the bottoms of your feet, moving down through the earth until it connects with her central energy creating a vital and harmonious force of earthly and heavenly energies balancing and bringing whatever it is that you might need before we dive deeper into the hive today. Maybe it's some mental comfort or maybe it's to relax some kind of tension or something that's going on physically. And it, you might take a moment to just check in and see how you're feeling with those energies running through you. And if you can expand with the breath, the feeling of relaxation and peace, stillness and presence. And we call on the four elements and the four directions of north and earth and east and air, south and fire and west and water. And we call on that deep and wise woman within you to be present and to allow you to deepen and grow together with us today. And we call on the presence of bee, the ancient presence of healing, pollinating, beautiful, wise bee to fill the circle with its illuminating and divine energy all the beauty that bee brings and all of the power that it brings and all the magic. And if you like, you might see a bee in front of you that moves right into the heart chakra. And you might imagine the heart also being the shape of the hexagon, the six-sided hexagon that is the sacred shape that the bee creates and represents that divine masculine and feminine balance and a perfect shape of harmony. Welcoming the bee into you now and being open to whatever it is that the bee would share today in our podcast. And now lastly, imagine a golden light that spreads from heart to heart a honey-colored gold in a clockwise fashion. And as it connects each of us together in this circle with a bond of sweetness and a bond of nourishment and joy, sustenance for the soul. And then seeing that gold light now move into each of our hearts as it dissolves from the circle but remains within us. 
and being in that peace as we go forward now and so mote it be. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm, that was yummy. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Just feels so good to welcome them in and let them teach us today, you know? Yeah. So we have a lot that we, we want to <laughs> share just in our first episode alone. It was Holy real, cow. wasn't it hard for us to narrow down what so we wanted hard. to share? This it's, you know, we've always connected with bees for various reasons, but just like diving deep, it's scratching the surface. There's, we could spend an, uh, an episode just talking about one culture and how much they have embraced the bee and worship the bee and bring the bee into their society. And it just, it's incredible. So truly it's, you know, one of the oldest forms of, um, I, so in order to prepare for this episode, we've both been doing a lot of researching. We thought one of the places to start would be, you know, kind of back in the beginnings, you know, in the history and, um, learning about, who worshiped and worked with bees and, and why. And, and so, you know, one of the things I learned even just reading last night, I was reading a, a book about bee shamanism, which uh, until the past year or so, I didn't even realize was a thing um, in that there's a uh, actual group of shaman that that's what they practice. It's the, um, now I can't remember. I'm going to have, it's either the path of pollen or the pollen path, but basically that is their, focus is working with bees and they're beekeepers but they also do um shamanic healing with the bees and that form of shamanism is one of the most ancient and we know that shamanism goes back tens of thousands of years but this particular form which is very secret it's a bee cult um, and not a lot is known about it um so I'll leave uh, the name of that book. Um, we'll leave those in the show notes so you can find out more about that if, if that interests you. But um, especially, you know, dating back to ancient Greek history and um, Hebrew history, Roman history, there have been links um, in those cultures where we've learned a lot about uh, the goddesses that have connections with the bees, like Aphrodite and Artemis, um, even Mother Mary and Persephone and Demeter, uh, and an Irish goddess, well, a guy, an Irish saint um, named Gobnet, which is also Deborah in Irish, who was a, a bee keeper. Um, and I, I would definitely call her a shaman and um, used honey and healing. But I'm, I want to read a little quote for you from a book that's been really helpful, which is. Um, when the um, drummers were women by Lane uh, Redman, and she talks a lot about it because there's um, connections with the sounds that Melissa will talk about in a little bit of the drum and of our voice that uh, emulate and uh, harken back to the bees and celebrate and call the bees too. But for Aphrodite, um, she had a temple that was actually had the shape of the uh, hexagon and uh, another shape, the beehives that sometimes you see that humans have made sort of those dome shapes. Um, it's called an omphalus and she had both of those shapes represented in her temples and she had priestesses who would um, honor as a priestess of Aphrodite, the bees. Um, 
and there's a lot of uh, sacred sexuality with the bee work as well. I don't know, and this was a lot of the priestesses involved themselves in that. So here's one. Uh, Aphrodite's rituals also preserved the ancient tradition of sacred sexuality practices. Pilgrims traveled to her temples uh, in Cyprus, at Cyprus, and several others um, on the mainland of Greece to experience sexual communion with her priestesses. This is not an uncommon thing in um, the understanding of what a priestess would do. Uh, the priestesses not only were thought to represent the goddess, but to incarcerate, um, in, not incarcerate, incarnate the goddess. Sorry, that would not be the same thing. Um, <laughs> here the physical union of female and male became a ritual sacrament. Aphrodite's dove, the holy spirit bird of ancient shamanism, symbolized possession by the goddess uh, in the form of orgasmic energy. Um, so she had, the, she was known as the goddess of erotic beauty and of youth. Um, and a lot of the um, energy of B has to do with that, has to do uh, with um, immortality or youthening or longevity. So it ties in in a lot of ways um, with the other meanings that B has, which there's just so many of them, um, as you'll see. Another section I wanted to draw your attention to was this one, which is called Birds of the Muses, which is another name for bees. Um, and it kind of goes back to the fact that you know, there are certain names that, that we carry, including both Melissa's and mine, that uh, mean be. So priestesses at Cybele's temples in Asia Minor, Greece, and Rome were called Melissae, the Greek and Latin words for bee. Deborah was the ancient Hebrew name for the bee priestess, and these priestesses were often prophets. Bees familiar of the goddesses, familiars of the goddesses, appear frequently in classical mythology, and they're called the birds of the muses. Um, and we find that throughout history, there's many, many goddesses that had affiliations with the bee for many of these reasons. So Melissa and I were talking just to digress for a second about how that's so evaporated in our modern world. You know, these we started really getting into how critically important the bees are. We'll talk about this in a minute too, to the well-being of the earth and to um, all the living things and how far away we've gotten from understanding how important and sacred they are. Just recently with the um, uh, hive collapse disorder, people are coming to be aware of the importance of them. But, you know, back in the day, they were known for their power. They were known for what um, the um, reciprocity that humans and the bees had together, this wonderful relationship of reciprocity, of working together and helping each other. Um, and then, you know, I thought uh, going hand in hand with this, the, um, the sacred symbol of the hexagon, you know, is very um, much uh, tied in with the bee. And not only because of the shape of the honeycomb and what it creates, but there's also other spiritual um, understandings about the hexagon that kind of make the picture even bigger. So another little bit I'd like to read you is bees create hexagons in their honeycombs. In Aphrodite's temple in Sicily, of all places, 
Her symbol was a golden honeycomb. The Pythagoreans believed the nature of reality could be perceived through the study of sacred geometry, of which the hexagon is a um, shape. They meditated on the endless triangular lattice, all 60 degree angles, that results from extending the sides of all hexagons in the honeycomb diagram until their lines meet in the centers of adjacent hexagons. These geometric meditations were identical in function to the yantra meditational practices of ancient India. So there's another connection with another country and the bees. The triangles within the hexagram symbolize the perpetual sexual union of male and female that manifests, that, sorry, maintains the flowing energy of the universe. So just this wisdom about the power of um, union and sacred sexuality that is tied in with the bees. Um, sacred honey cakes shaped like triangular vulvas evolved from these meditations and were used in rituals to celebrate uh, Aphrodite. So it doesn't take too long before you start doing even the most cursory research on the sacred um, practice of bee priestesshood to, to realize that it was um, really all over the world. There are many um, tribes that understood the importance of bees and it's directly linked with um, goddess worship as well because many goddesses were considered bees as well so um, there's a lot there that we can learn from and that can inform our modern day um, experiences with the bees and I just wanted to finish up this part with a little bit about um, it's kind of a funny story about Gobnet, the saint of bees and their keepers and the patron to the sick, who was, as far as we know, um, alive uh, during the fifth and sixth centuries. And she was so connected to her bees. Um, there's a, a great story I wanted to read you that is attributed to her about protecting her. She started a monastery or a community of women um, under her guidance and one of the stories attributed to her miracles was rousting her bees from their hives in order to chase off evildoers inducing oh including a band of cattle rustlers and a rich man who wanted to build a castle on gobnet's farm some accounts go even further with bees miraculously changing into soldiers and their hives transforming into bronze helmets um, it is thought that as a healer Honey from her bees figured into her works as a powerful mending agent for the ill and the wounded and as considered a patron to the sick. Um, so she seemed to have like this really deep, almost um, telepathic relationship with the bees and they would listen to and with her and they'd work together in concert as a unit. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Can you imagine this nun just like invoking the bees and it's like, no, you're not going to be doing this. This is what's going to happen now. And it's, we're not having it, you know? So I've heard accounts of people that keep the bees getting into this really deep communion and relationship with them, which is just so um, magical, right? Just so magical. I mean, even today I've heard accounts of uh, people that keep bees talking about that relationship, which makes me think about how, the antiquity of it and how, um, amazing that relationship could be with nature, you know, to have this amazing relationship with these uh, little sweet beings that are so miraculous. 
so those are a few things I wanted to share with you about um, the goddesses and the name and the history of bees um, linked with humanity and, and linked with us and the reverence of them. Um, and maybe I'll finish up. Should I do the, how about those two quotes? Should I do those before you jump in? Okay. So another one about um, the birds of the muses is bees have an ancient reputation as bringers of order and their hives served as models for organizing temples in many Mediterranean, many, I don't know what it is today, I can't speak, Mediterranean cultures. Um, and as I said before, they were thought of to be uh, the Melissae um, and the Deborah as um, keepers of the bees and prophets. And then um, I think I had mentioned that bees who are familiars of the goddesses uh, since ancient times um, were often called the birds of the muses. And then the second thing I wanted to read was from Judith Shaw. And again, it just speaks to the many amazing qualities that um, we can learn from the bees. Through working with bees, I have learned personally what amazing community organizers they are. The ancients saw bees as beings that create order. Each bee diligently works their part of the community with cooperation and organization, ensuring the welfare of all. Perhaps the early Neolithic people in whose hearts the goddess reigned were inspired by the honeybee to create their own communities on cooperation and harmony. While at the same time, bees made the early agricultural societies possible through their work as pollinators of many of our favorite foods, like the honeybee, the modern day way of the goddess is one that honors a balanced approach to living in nature, an approach that honors cooperation, harmony, and work well done. And I just love that. It really, I think, sums up a lot of what um, I admire the bee for. So Melissa's going to share some other great stuff about right. uh, bees. Yeah. There's so much. So I, I do yeah. want to tell a funny story. Um, so my name does mean, you know, sweet honeybee, and I've known that for a long time. So uh, that's my nickname with uh, my partner. And so when my daughter was filling out college applications, she wrote that my middle name was sweet honeybee. Like she actually <laughs> thought that was my middle name. And so I'm reading the application. <gasps> I'm like, why did you write sweet honeybee as my middle name? She's like, isn't that your name? And I'm like, no. She's like, what's your middle name? I'm like Carrie. <laughs> I think I like I the like, I like I hers version better. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm actually wearing some earrings. She got me their little sweet honey bees. Oh. oh my gosh! So there's a lot to be said for a name, right? So so true, so true. And I just I love I love that we're connected in this life, Deb, and I love that bee priestess and how we really. I feel like that came from spirit to start mm -hmm. calling ourselves that and then really like exploring this now and just seeing all the synchronicities that we're finding is just amazing and not somehow not surprising to me, but um, just goes to show you the power of believing in faith and spirit and trusting in their messages. So, yeah. Very yeah. true. Yeah. And I did, I wanted to say that, yeah, as we were doing this research, there's, if you look there and we're going to have a great, um, there's a great link we found from uh, a gentleman who just, it's pages and pages of information of all the different ancient cultures and how they had 
the symbols and there they would show the gods surrounded by bees like Krishna and it's just amazing how many times and in how many cultures it comes in and even Britain was called the island of honey and mm -hmm. um, I think in Lithuania you're not allowed to sell bees you have to give them as a gift because they're so revered mm. so I think just that um, there is something so sacred about them that I just I love it I love it. So um, I, I do want to get into this more in another episode because I don't feel ready to speak or experienced enough to speak about it. But um, having done my yoga training and finding that there was something called a bee breath, the pranayama practice of bee, and the fact that basically what you do is you close off your sensory. So you're covering your eyes and you're plugging your ears and you, you plug your nostrils and you hum as part of the exhale of the breath. And just the vibration of that is actually supposed to stimulate the vagus nerve, which is the center of our parasympathetic nervous system. So I was geeking out on the science behind like, <laughs> why does vibration work for this? Um, and you know, and you and I have a very strong connection to drumming and we're very excited to be taking this workshop tomorrow. That's um, someone who studied with Lane Redmond about um, drumming and the power and the connection with the, the sacredness of bees. So um, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about that in future episodes, but I just, um, I'm going to put some, a connection to how to do that bee breath. It's very simple. Um, it's supposed to be very calming. It's also supposed to be great for the, um, if you have irritated lungs because of allergies and that sort of thing. And just the irony of these bees are pollinating plants that maybe are causing people allergies. So just the ability, um, and Deb and I were going down the rabbit hole of how honey is this healing elixir for people and how some people use bee venom they're actually getting allowing themselves to be stung so that they can relieve their arthritis well i i don't know if they do that anymore i know they used to do that back before they could collect the venom but do you know do you have more details uh, about that? i believe it's both i believe it's both yeah and that's um one of the things that um simon buxton is his name the author of um the book that i'll, I'll i think it's the I wish I brought it with me, but it's it's about um, the shamanic bee um, practices and a story of how he got induct, uh, initiated into it. But he he said that uh, yes, because the instead of needles going into the meridian points, uh, the venom does. And there are in China still practitioners who do acupuncture but they dip the needles in the venom before they um, apply them. So yeah, it is still an active practice for sure. And the other thing I wanted to um, mention was the thing I find fascinating being a meditation teacher and um, the studies about uh, how drumming affects the brain and can change the brain waves and works with the different hemispheres. So there's amazing um, healing and entrainment properties that come with the drum um, and with vocalizing or using sound like in our own body to tone and tune us as well. Uh, and that's a whole, like that in itself could be a show because there's, like you said, there's just there's so, so much, much there. But yeah, I've, um, I've been suffering from tinnitus and I find when I'm um, chanting, I'm doing the Sanskrit chanting, my ears will start clearing. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like there's something very, and it's, you know, yeah, I'll belt out my favorite pop songs or whatever, and it's great, but it's not the same as like singing these sacred words and these um, 
I think there's power behind what we're what we're actually saying. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said the entrainment because I do feel like that is a very healing. If you've ever been in a drum circle and if you haven't, I highly recommend getting yourself to one. Hopefully now places are opening up again because of COVID, but um, just it's, and I feel like it's connected with the beehive, like how the bees all mm-hmm. kind of work mm-hmm. in sync. And I'll talk a little bit about the hive mind, but um, I feel like when you are in that circle and everything starts getting into the flow, it's yeah. very you go into almost like a trance light state and you can just feel and so you're drumming and you're doing a certain beat and all of a sudden and I'm getting the chills talking about it you'll feel the beat slowly start to shift and it's not that there's a leader Mm. it's not that someone said oh we're going to do this beat we're changing to this beat now it literally just happens organically Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful because then everyone kind of follows what that next rhythm that we're doing is going on And it's just, it's such a powerful experience. And I, again, I feel like it's very reflective of how the bees work together and almost Mm. like this united consciousness. So that's probably a good segue to talk about. Um, I actually was looking up more about the collective unconscious as we talked about this. And that's a theory from Carl Jung. So it's described as the segment of the deepest unconscious mind is genetically inherited and it's not shaped by personal experience. And so our ability to tap into something that's beyond us and beyond even maybe explanation. Um, And I was telling Deb about this, that I remember reading about how there is this, there seem to be these ideas that all of a sudden come into existence and they happen to a bunch of people at the same time. And there's really no explanation of why all of a sudden all these people are aware of this certain whatever principle or invention or whatever. And I do feel like it's because they're tapping into this collective unconscious that Mm -hmm. is somehow here and not able to be scientifically proven probably, but um, this isn't about the science here. So, and then defining the hive mind itself, the collective mental activity expressed in the complex coordinated behavior of a colony of social insects, such as bees or ants, regarded as comparable to a single mind controlling the behavior of an individual organism. Mm. So just the fact that they can signal to each other. um, There's something called a waggle dance, which reminded me of when you were talking about the priestesses dancing in in ecstasy. Um, the, The bee does this waggle dance when it finds nectar and somehow the other bees get the coordinates of where they're supposed to go to get this nectar from this bee doing his little waggle dance and I'm <laughs> wiggling in my seat as I'm saying it. Cause I just, I can just imagine, you know, them shaking their little booties <laughs> and that's like how they message to each other. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I love that. And I do feel like there is a hive mind and I feel like we're tapping into that. So again, another lovely serendipitous um, mm-hmm. bee priestess moment for us. So yeah. 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 And we have said, we feel like we're just scratching the surface. So I'm sure as we, you know, continue on adding episodes, there's just circling back around to things as we learn more about it, and then adding more in as, you know, more things come to light that we want to explore, because, I mean, there's, there's the history, there's their behaviors, there's their psyche, there's, you know, healing properties of honey itself, and um, all the things that are going on, you know, with trying to support really saving them, um, right now, because we're really in a dire situation, and what what people are doing to 
help in that regard. Um, everything from hosting hives to, you know, teaching beekeeping to creating gardens that are full of um, plants that are bee friendly or butterfly friendly, if you will. Um, it just goes on and on and on. So um, it's made me think about, wow, how can I, how can I do more? How can I be more? And this podcast is part of that because we're bringing out information that maybe you too will think about and, you know, think how could I be involved? What, what could I do that uh, to embody my bee priestesshood, you know, and uh, maybe, help them in, in some specific way, whether it's buying honey from your local beekeeper or supporting, you know, one of their organizations or Melissa, you had some um, other ideas that you were going to share in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did want to talk a little bit, put on my, um, what do you call it? Uh, radical cap here and just talk about, like you had mentioned the colony disorder, the collapse disorder. And so I was doing a more reading on it and just the interconnection that the bees have with pollinating things so that our crops can grow. Um, and so just some, some things I came across was that it's not only bees, it's other pollinators, including mm -hmm. birds, bats, which I didn't know they did pollination, um, butterflies, moths, which, you know, some of these things we probably think are obnoxious and annoying, but they're part of our ecosystem. Um, so it's saying that more than 100, it's, this is just the US, more than 100 of our crops rely on pollinators and the added revenue to crop production from them is valued at $18 billion. And so they really do support healthy ecosystems that we need for clean air, stable soil, diverse wildlife. Um, so this was something they were discovering back in like 2014, 2015 is this colony collapse disorder. And this is when the majority of worker bees in a honeybee colony disappear and they leave behind a queen and they leave an abundant supply of food and just a few nurse bees to care for the remaining immature bees. And so this decline is likely attributed to pests such as the varroa mites, V-A-R-R-O-A mites, diseases, pesticides, pollutants and toxins, and other things, habitat loss, which is definitely big as we continue to develop nature. So what we can do, like Deb said, is um, supporting your local beekeepers. Uh, we just learning about some in our area that we totally wanna do some field trips for. So if you, mm -hmm. I'm sure if you Google like local bee, beekeepers, you can totally connect with them. Um, I didn't know that commercial almond farming uses about half of our honeybees where the majority of the commercial bees are used, they're brought into California to pollinate the almond blossoms so that they can grow almonds. And so for various reasons, and I love almonds, don't get me wrong, but I'm really looking at what I'm eating and the things I'm doing in my environment. And so things like using less pesticides in your garden and in your lawn, um, something that we've been trying to do in my house is to not mow down the clover and the other wildflowers that have been growing on the lawn until the lawn looks like a little like, you know, the neighbors might give us the side eye um, just to keep the, the flowers available to the pollinators for as long as possible. And I'm definitely not pulling weeds out of my garden that are flowering because, you know, it's all contributing and I just, I think it's all beautiful. So 
Um, the other things you can do are to buy local honey. You can put out little bee watering stations and put little things that float like corks in them so the bees have a place to land and take their little sips. Um, it's actually, they use water to cool their hives off in the summer mm. so that the wax doesn't melt inside. Um, I guess they bring in the water on their little wings and they flutter their wings and it evaporates and cools off the wax um, so it doesn't uh, break down. So we'll put some links at the bottom again of how you can how you can do this in your own life how can you connect with the bees and keep them around yeah 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 there's uh there's just so many people that have like made it their life's purpose to do this you know to care um for the future of the bees and there's just a ton of information great information and um you know not everybody wants to be a beekeeper per se but there are lots of things you can do as Melissa said, and a couple of things that I mentioned, just simple things to help them in some way, because no action, um, what do I want to say? Uh, for every action, there's a reaction. And when you take an action in a positive way, there is going to be a response in that direction too. So just keep that in mind. I think so often these days, especially with the past year, we think, um, you know, it's so easy to get overwhelmed um, with like, what do I do? You know, but when it comes to this, there are really tangible, um, like single steps or small steps or, you know, just baby steps you can take to invite in um, a connection to the bees to be your version of a bee priestess that, um, you know, fits your soul and fits um, what you feel aligned with, because there's just tons and tons of, of ways to um, be able to, to support their future and our future. I think it was, was it Albert Einstein that said, um, you know, within four years without bees, I mean, there wouldn't be much left here on the earth. We wouldn't be around because they have that kind of impact uh, on our planet and on our lifestyle and on our um, ability to live and thrive. So if anything, I hope that this podcast helps you feel more curious about finding out the value of the bees and um, just how integral they are to every aspect of our lives. Really, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me. I, I'm calling it now. I think the next trend is going to be honey tastings, and we um, we have. Are we starting this vineyard? I, well, thank you. Maybe this I guess it's coming in now. Let's add it to the list. But um, we we had some uh, honey from Martha's Vineyard, and I've never I've never tasted such delicious honey, and I am not exaggerating because you know we my sons had allergies, so we've always tried to do local honey, which is hard to find at the store. You usually have to go to like a farmer's market or a local beekeeper. Um, so I've had a lot of different kinds of honey, but this you know, and it really is like what they are pollinating from. It's like wine, like the, what soil that's being grown in and what the, yeah. the climate is like in that area. And right. so I really encourage you like go out and taste your local honey. You probably will have a whole range of flavors in there based because they have, I think a three mile radius mm -hmm. of where they go out to pollinate. Yeah. And what's that fact to where we learned that how long, how much, how much honey one little bee produces? Like one twelfth of a teaspoon. Yeah, I actually have a necklace that a friend gave me, um, which I'll show in another episode, but it has an actual one twelfth of a teaspoon in a vial with a bee medallion to show like one bee, one twelfth of a teaspoon, how much it, it, it it's life 
all that work for, you know, that, that amount of honey, but um, they have so many metaphors, so many life lessons, just about the hive itself, you know, I was, uh, the more I read, the more I'm like, boy, we have a lot we can learn from them. And I almost feel as though they are kind, I do feel as though they are a template to our future in terms of community and harmony and working together. And so many things that right now, you know, we're so divided in so many ways, but um, there's something about that that really hits me, you know, in my heart about um, just right practices as, as beings, you know, so maybe we can pick that up and talk about yeah, it a little bit more. Reading about how they really are like working for the good of the hive. It's not about for their own individual goods. So it's definitely about yeah. that, um, the group impact they can have. So, yeah. yeah there's a, a wiring. I feel like we're, we are, you know, involved in an awakening right now. And I feel like some people are on that wave of what we're talking about already. And, and I, I do feel like the pandemic has opened people's eyes to a bigger picture and it's not just about me and, you know, how many people have helped others that, that they don't know and that they're just part of this human community. And just like, I mean, look at our, any of the first responders, you know, who, who are definitely of that model, you know, so there's just a lot to be learned uh, right now. I think that we have huge acceleration opportunities if we step into them, get into that lane of wanting to grow as much as we can and allowing the gifts, like us being inspired to do this still comes back to me as, you know, this is not a lane we were in really, you know, and then all of a sudden this thing happened and we're like, yes, we're doing this. And yes, we're going to see what happens. And, and here we are saying, wow, this is already our second episode. And we're, and this topic is one that, you know, can go on first. We could probably do a whole podcast, just, I mean, a whole podcast series, which we'll do over time. But I mean, I bet just bees itself, you could dive so deep into that. Um, and we're going to do our best to keep bringing really great insight and information to you. Um, we, don't, we don't know where this is going, but we, we knew we had to start today with something. So <laughs> this is what we're doing. Yes, yes, <laughs> this is our yes, conversation yes. today. So mm -hmm. I think those are the, the basics, the initial basics I wanted to throw out. Is there anything more in the actual talk talk that you wanted to do before we move on to the cards and the other stuff? Ricard. Well, I did. So what's been coming in for me um, is I've been seeing oh, yes. post COVID, um, you know, and I know this puts this makes this more a timely thing. But regardless, I feel like all of a sudden the focus now on how can we come back to ourselves? How can we repair and heal and renew and revive ourselves from this, this year plus that we've been going through? And I feel like there's something, there's a strong need for, um, healing i feel like there is a, there is a collective unconscious grief that's very present for people i feel it when i'm working with people i think you as well um, i feel it in people's bodies the trauma that they've been holding for the past year plus of just this uncertainty and guarding and protection and loss um so i, I don't know I don't know where that's going to lead, but I did want to kind of, it just came in with the, the idea of that collective unconscious and how we are, we truly are all connected. So I guess I would like us, I, I know Deb and I really would 
really want to be there and holding space for people to come back to themselves and being able to really get in touch with their authenticity and maybe what they've been doing for the past however many years they've been doing stuff isn't what they need to be doing anymore. And so how can we help support you by looking deeper at your own purpose for why you're here on the planet? I really, I just feel like COVID has been very actually good in that way because it has made people sit, step back and pull away from the busyness of life and the distractions of life and really tune in deeper. And maybe that hasn't been a comfortable process. It, it certainly wasn't for me. I did a lot of soul searching at the beginning of the year, but I've grown so much from it. And now I feel like I'm I'm, I'm in that labyrinth, right? We're talking about the labyrinth. I don't think I mentioned it, but that bees, honey, the hives are like a labyrinth and you don't always see what's around the corner, but you're always coming back to yourself and you're always circling around that center and then moving away and then spiraling back into the center. So I just, I wanted to bring that up because I feel like it's something that I want to feel into more and I'm not sure what the, not solution, but what the offering is, but I feel like it's something that needs to be attended. I'm so glad you said that beautifully. And I'm so glad you put that in the circle because, you know, it is an ongoing thing, isn't it? This journey of it's not post COVID yet, you know, we're still dealing with it, but there is a big shift and it's like, there's been this chance to maybe, you know, breathe in a little bit and say, okay, you know, the, we're at a different place because of the vaccine maybe, or because um, people are taking, maybe they're wearing masks and it's changing numbers. Who knows what the, you know, matrix is of why we're at this different place because more people are outside. It's summer in the Northern hemisphere. I mean, you know, whatever your equation for that is, but I agree with you. There's just this um, now what, or what's next? And, you know, how do I move through this world? And like you said, you know, how can I um, be aligned with my deepest self, my truest self? What's real for me now? Like it maybe what it was isn't at all real anymore. So many people's lives have been flatlined or have been so disrupted. Not everybody. Some people have had very little change because of it, but millions of people have had extraordinary challenges and changes. And so I um, 100% stand with Melissa inviting you into this circle to this tribe that does care and does support you as you explore your unknown and that uncertainty and you know where where is um, grace to be found in this and you know where are you to be found like coming back to yourself what whoever that self is now you know maybe it's a a different version than uh, you were comfortable with a, a year ago you know or a year and a half or whatever it is but yeah um yeah use COVID as an excuse be like I'm not doing that anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pre-COVID this is yeah. me post-COVID so I'm actually excited I think people are going to find some amazing things out about themselves if they take the time to mm. quiet and listen and honor yeah. yeah I think it's a super super amazing gift and you know a new history a new history we're living yeah thank you yeah thank you okay i'm done now okay. well that section yeah i'm not done talking but you know <laughs> please, i'm not done talking please <laughs> don't scare me <laughs> you know me that's right i'm gonna stay quiet the rest of the podcast. no we, <laughs> well we so do tell us about our go ahead hmm? this our card to say 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, I'm so excited. So Deb and I were, of course, in synchronicity. We were both like, oh, we should use that deck. And of course, we were saying it practically at the same time. So tell us yeah. about this beautiful deck. Well, here is, we thought that this would be the perfect, of course, card to use um, as our card pull for this month to be. I, this is Kim Kranz and this, the uh, author, amazing priestess. Um, this is the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Guidebook and deck. <clears throat> and if you don't know her, I mean, do check her out in our links too, because she's extraordinary. I have another deck by her, The Wild Unknown, which I've had for a number of years. And recently, she did a graphic biography about her divorce and um, about uh, losing a child. Uh, it, 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 it's an extraordinary book. I mean, I read it in an afternoon, but it's about her commitment to herself. She went on a yogic, I think it was an ashram retreat for 40 days. And every day she committed to doing some writing and art around all of this that she was feeling and it's it's called i think it's blossoms and bones i think is the name of it and it's pretty amazing so anyway she's um a very welcome priestess in this circle and um we've already talked a lot about b but i really like her insight both of us do and there's just a short reading. I'm, I feel like I'm doing all the reading. I'm reading everything. Today. <laughs> Usually I like to riff, but this is a, well, we can riff after, I suppose, but I do want to read what she has to say about uh, the bee. And then maybe we can riff about, you know, the message for the month with bee as well. Please. Yeah. Okay. So she writes, earnest, hardworking, democratic. The bee personality is a delight to be around especially when there's a team project on the horizon. Bees love to work steadily and thoughtfully until the final task is complete. They are sensitive creatures, aware of many subtleties at once. Since they're artists at heart, they usually add creative details to the overall vision. For the most part, they have bustling, joyous personalities until they're too tired from all the work. Then they gripe and then sting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yep, yep, I can relate to that. Sounds about right. <laughs> when in balance, content, active, vibrant. When out of balance, overworked, annoyed. To bring into balance, a mini vacation. Yeah. I yeah. think that's perfect energy for the summer. Hello, right? bustling, and then taking a little break. Mm hmm. I mean, that really does, you're right. It's right on the money for summer. Um, well, what also comes to me is that, so I'm talking about the same thing again. So we had pre-COVID and all the busyness and everyone's doing everything and everyone's always, you know, bustling, bustling, bustling. And then we had COVID, which was like, okay, extend a vacation, not really feeling like a vacation. But then now that we're coming back to coming back into what we were doing before, is finding that balance so you are not getting to the point where you have to sting somebody because you're just so <laughs> burnt out, right? It doesn't serve anyone to get to that point. So I do feel like that really ties in well to the how do we find how do we find our balance in this place? You know, and, and if you're doing what you love, that's awesome. And you know, keep doing it if you don't need to feel the need to change it. But can you do it in a way that's um, holistic and tends to your soul, really? Mm. Mm. I agree. That's beautifully said as usual. Um, I 
feel like there's so many applications to uh, what B can offer us over the summer. One of them to me is I like the, I liked the thing that jumped out at me was, uh, is aware of subtleties. It's like really in tune with subtleties. And I feel like that is like the intuitive, like the, like you were talking about how like in the drum circle, there's just like somehow I'm feeling like for ourselves, but also um, just in daily life, or I'm feeling like there are some of you that may benefit by uh, enlarging your experience and skill in that way within your your own tribes or like your family. You know, I'm feeling like even though there's a lot to be said about like the the buzzing of the bee and the sound and everything, I feel like there's times where you want to be a quiet observer instead of someone that is doing a lot of speaking, um, because sometimes the speaking can exacerbate stuff that we don't want to energize and so even though you know you hear the bee buzzing and we've talked about like the sounds it makes I feel like there are also times when being in balance uh, we're going to watch what we say to who and when um, so that's a little side note that seems to be coming in and Melissa mentioned the labyrinth I really feel uh, like I want to encourage people to maybe find a lab labyrinth and walk one as a form of connecting with that um, experience of uh, B energy and also notice how it um, affects you when you do that, because it is very physical and mental when you walk a labyrinth. And if you let it be, um, it's a really, I find it a very therapeutic and centering experience. Um, we'll see if there's anything else about that that I want to say. Um, the other thing that came to me about the reading <clears throat> was how, what vibrant and joyful beings they are. And I, I really feel like now there is room for um, some celebrating of longer light, sunshine, warmth, beauty, good smells when you take a walk outside, um, the simple things. You know, we might not be doing like a huge celebration about something, or maybe we are, but those those things that there are to just be joyful about, like, you know, the bee is just naturally joyful. So I, I would want to put that out too, is, is just, you know, the experience of, of joy in the next month um, while we're in between our podcasts to just maybe ask yourself the question, what, would, what makes me joyful? You know, what really makes me feel like that? Or what would I like to do? What would I like to engage in? Who would I like to see, et cetera? How could I, like bring some of that joy into my life consciously. So that, I think that's what I want to finish up with because that just feels like a good pausing point for all of the goodness that the bee can bring us. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm all about the joy. You know that. I do know that. In fact, I don't have it near me, but I have a little mini canvas I painted that says joy on it. The heart and mm -hmm. joy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah, you. Her deck is amazing. So check it out for sure. And also, I also tasted some mead last week, mead, the honeyed wine. So highly recommend that if you can find some local meaderies. Another way to little dip mead tasting honey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you guys know it's just fermented honey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Honey. And, and again, it picks up the flavor of where it's been pollinated from. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're living your, your bee life. <laughs> I am, you know, I have my bee cushion, which I'm showing now on the video. 
<laughs> yeah. Smells like balsam. Mm, love my bees. Wish you could smell it because it is a good smelling cushion, that one. Delightful. We did say it's going to be invented soon, we're sure. Yeah. The scratch and sniff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Viewing. <laughs> Little puff of the smell comes out of your computer. Come smell our podcast. <laughs> well we've said it's juicy so why not mm, fragrant too right mm, yes 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 okay. okay so what else we just want to know how will you connect with the bees yes thank you creating a place and a space for them until we meet again what little things can we do so we're going to put those uh, resources in and one of them is like deb said um there are certain flowers and plants that attract the pollinators so if you have the wherewithal to plant some of those then yeah please the bees will thank you yep and perennials they come back every year so one-time investment lifetime of joy for the bees season mm -hmm. to season it's pretty cool yeah 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 and so i already talked about um keeping the weeds and the cloves and all that longer in my yard what do you do you have anything you like to do for the bees i know you were a garden goddess yourself so yeah this this year it's it's been an embarrassment <laughs> this has not been a bit <laughs> this has been my worst garden ever mm. uh, usually i have mulch and it's very you know kept up nice and i'm looking out there with all the rain we've had and I, I think there's as many weeds as there are tomato plants and squash and cucumbers and herbs but uh, yes one thing i do like to do for the bees is um <clears throat> is plant perennials um because the flowers come back every year you know so there's a guarantee as long as the plants come back which i've never had them not um so try to increase a little bit you know um like I did some transplanting this year. So I've kind of put a bunch of the herbs uh, together because before they were sort of out in the wilds. We have a lot of unkept land. And so I kind of moved them from that and put them um, closer by. And then, uh, yeah, we have a, a uh, the words, bird bath. So <laughs> that I try to keep full of good water, you know, little things just again I'm, i think i'm just all about the little things um but you know i really feel like a mission to expand on this a lot more now um to be more diligent and my husband and i have this ongoing dispute about price big box quality locals you know so you can guess which side i might be on and i you know <laughs> have to get more diligent about that um and learning more about local beekeepers and and I mean, Paisley Farm, which I'm giving you guys a plug. You guys are my my spirit sisters down in, um, this is Boxford, but they do um, mail order. Uh, they have hives on their farm property. I was a member of their team last year and it is incredibly delicious. Um, so, you know, again, just wherever you can support your local people, um, you're supporting your local bees, you know, so those are, a couple of things that right off the top I want to get more involved in and, and I do want to visit I'm not sure I want to be a beekeeper but I do think I want to experience learning and seeing more like maybe um, helping them in some way or just they all have like educational talks and things like that I've seen one years ago but I I, I just feel like maybe being part of the community itself 
would be kind of cool, you know, to have a, a more of a pulse. But I think drumming is going to be a thing and toning is going to be a thing going forward. So I'm excited to share that with you and with our community. How about you? And apparently there's honey tasting. <laughs> yes, coming. <laughs> I'm inventing. <laughs> yes, we, we will be, I guess, looking at that, won't we? <laughs> mm. <laughs> honey and mead yeah. tasting, maybe. Hmm. Yes. Mm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. So are we ready to, parting is such sweet sorrow. Are we ready to close our circle? Up. Yeah. yeah 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 okay so all right so letting the buzzing of our wonderful discussion settling down now feeling it integrate into the body into our own internal hive again imagining those lovely cells that deb described hexagons inside sacred symbol Filled with honey, golden healing light. And as we come back to our lives, just letting that honey flow out to our loved ones, to the people whose lives we touch every day, imagining it coating everything in a beautiful golden seal of protection of healing, of comfort for those who are feeling cold and dark, who are feeling cracked open, just feeling that honey filling those, those voids with beautiful love and connection. And being grateful for being able to circle up today for celebrating each other, for having our hearts connected through honey and through the beautiful spirit of bee. May she continue to buzz throughout our day as we go back out into the world and have our impact. And so go sweetly, go softly, go joyfully. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Mm, blessed be. Blessed be. Yes. Mm, that was lovely. Mm -hmm. mm. Thank you. I know. I love using that honey. Um, when I've had a client release a lot on the table, I like to end with bringing honey in through the whole body to mm. fill in any places that need a little extra comfort and protection. Yeah, it's yes. lovely imagery. It's powerful. So thank, yeah. 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 Thank you. Mm. Always. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Did we want to finish up by mentioning um, that we are continuing to extend our two by two? Yeah. yeah. Reiki and reading combined sessions on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So in these nurturing and grounded sessions, you'll receive Reiki and intuitive messages from both of us. And when we collaborate, we amplify the energy that comes through us and also heightens our intuitive receptivity. And in this way, you'll have two times the input and synergistic energy 
to guide you and help you regain harmony and balance in whatever ways you might need. And you can learn more if you want to um, email us or talk to us. Just go to Melissa's website, which is harmonyintegrativebodywork.com. Um, or you can certainly connect with us on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. All the places. <laughs> we're yeah. here as well. We're here. We're ready for you. So. Yeah. Love yeah. to have some be priestess time with you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. As, as always, thank you. All right, my dear. Until we meet again. Until we meet again. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. and wishing you well. Thank you for joining our circle today at Wild Magic Harmony. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to our podcast, star us, and comment wherever you listen to our podcasts. Feedback is our friend, so please drop us a love note and tell us how you're tending your sacred soul at wildmagicharmony at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Wild Magic Harmony is created and produced by Deborah Fay and Melissa Belliard, with original artwork by Deborah Fay and original music by Melissa Belliard.